Netflix puts out a show making Jesus gay. And Hallmark puts up, takes down, then puts up again gay advertising. And a local football slash lacrosse coach was caught taking advantage of young boys. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Now, there are two kinds of people in the world, only two kinds, not black and white, not rich and poor. There are those who are dead in sin, and there are those who are dead to sin. After three nights of unbridled lawlessness across London, the contagion is spreading. The problem is that God has already judged this. He has judged murder already. I don't need to question it. I don't need to ask and wonder what his plan is. We're commanded as Christians not to participate in the works of darkness, but expose them. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about a number of stories. And interestingly enough, they all point back to the sin of homosexuality one way or another. Uh, you see, because over the last week, there has been, especially it's this the Christmas season. Uh, for some reason, that means let's try to make Jesus gay on Netflix. Let's try to throw out a bunch of ads on Hallmark Channel and take it down when people are upset and then put it back up. And, you know, let, let's just make everything as gay as possible. You know, make Netflix gay, make Hallmark gay, make Chick-fil-A gay, whatever they can make gay, they're going to do. Okay. And this one has been causing quite a stir. And it comes from Brazil. And you know what? I really do love Brazil. We went uh, out there back at the World Cup, I believe in 2014. Um, we actually went out to Brazil to share the gospel. Um, when I was first, not when I was first coming to the Lord, I had been, I had known the Lord for about a year and a half. Uh, I was watching the World Cup with Pastor Joe. And we were watching, that was the year that uh, Spain beat uh, Germany and then Spain beat uh, the Netherlands. And I said, man, I'm looking at this uh, World Cup and I'm like, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to preach the gospel to all these different nations and we just bring people that can speak Spanish, people that can speak English, people that can speak Portuguese because it's going to be in Brazil. And that's what we did. And we decided let's get out there and let's do it. And we brought a team to Brazil during the World Cup. And until our, our trip to the Philippines, I would say it was our most fruitful evangelical trip that we did. The entire trip was based upon evangelism. Everybody that came was there to share the gospel and share the gospel alone as a mission trip. Now, we did other works. We worked inside the community. And there were some awesome, awesome stories uh, that happened. One specific one, and I know the show's not on Brazil, and I was it's not in my notes here to go through, but um, one specific story I remember we set up a TV outside of a local store in Rio de Janeiro, not realizing that in this neighborhood, it was one of the most crime-ridden areas in all of Brazil. And if you know Rio de Janeiro, it's actually been listed as one of the most dangerous places on earth, um, one of the most crime-ridden places. And we were in a slum in uh, Rio de Janeiro. We got to play soccer with kids, share the gospel with young kids and, and feed them and different things. But this one specific time, we sat down to watch the Mexico versus Brazil um, game. 
which ended in a tie, by the way. And we brought our friend Danny Boy, who was in his Mexico jersey in the heart of Rio de Janeiro during a game against Brazil. And if you know, uh, he was pretty much, you know, we had to watch out for him <laughs> because it's kind of crazy there. But nonetheless, it was pretty awesome because this brought about a nice crowd from the neighborhood. And when the game was over, we turned the TV off and Pastor Joe started preaching the gospel. And as he's preaching the gospel, there's a big guy who was probably the most rowdy guy there. And uh, this dude, big, huge Brazilian dude, next thing you know, he's weeping. He's wanting to give his life to Christ. And I remember, oh man, I'm going to embarrass Joe a little bit. I remember that uh, he gave Joe a fedora. Um, And Joe's not much of a hat wearer, (laughs) if you know anything about him. But he gave him a fedora and and Joe put it on. And the guy wanted to bless him because he had just received Christ. And we were talking and... You know, throughout the trip, one of the things that happened is we all got really like deathly sick, like throwing up, vomiting, deathly, horrible, sick. No one could keep down any food. And we had three different toilets where we were staying and all of them were occupied at all times with a person who was throwing up. One of those people was Joe. And at one point he had his fedora on and he had nowhere to throw up and he actually puked in the fedora. But uh, anyways, guys, I do love Brazil and I love Brazilians. And I love sharing the gospel there. Um, but this new YouTube uh, show um, called the, Temp- the First Temptation of Christ was released on December 3rd. And here's the story. It said, Jesus, who's hitting the big 3-0, brings us a prize guest to meet, us, meet the family. The First Temptation of Christ. Released December 3rd. The surprised guest is implied to be Jesus' boyfriend, Orlando. And some Netflix users are not happy about his appearance or any of the other irreverent depiction of Jesus, including a scene in which he's smoking weed. A Change.org petition asking Netflix to remove the movie from its catalog and for the group to publicly retract its content had nearly 2 million signatures as of December 17th. The comedy film is a product of Brazilian YouTube comedy group Porta dos Fundos, known for their satirical sketches. Their co-founder, Fabio Porchat, told Variety the group stands by the special and that they haven't heard anything from Netflix about the backlash. Quote, it doesn't incite violence. We're not saying people shouldn't believe in God, Porchat told Variety. Porchat told Variety that critics in Brazil are mostly upset over the implication of the film that Jesus is gay. For some Catholics here in Brazil, it's okay if Jesus is a bad guy, uses drugs. That's no problem. The problem is he's gay. No, he can't be gay. And that's interesting because Jesus is everything. God is black and white, and gay, and straight. God is everything. It's more homophobic to be insulted by a gay Jesus than to make Jesus special. Poor chat said to Variety. So let's tackle a couple of those terrible, like really dumb statements. Um, first of all, Jesus is not everything, okay? That's, that's not biblical. Jesus is not everything. Jesus is not black and white. Jesus of Nazareth was a Jew, Okay, uh, he was the God man. So ultimately, that's what we celebrate at Christmas, right? The as Isaiah nine promise for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. So we get his humanity and his deity both in that in that short sentence. And right after that, it follows and tells you that he's Almighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace, all these things. But the thing is, we get in the incarnation, God. Fully God and fully man. We give Jesus, not that God, as the um, the Muslims may depict, not that God may have slept with Mary or something, but that God gave, via the Holy Spirit, 
Jesus into the womb of Mary. Unto us a child is born, God's humanity, unto us a son is given. We were given Jesus, okay? And so he's not black and white and gay and straight. God cannot go against his nature, and God is very clear in his nature that homosexuality is wrong, okay? In his word, we read, period homosexuality is wrong. It's damnable. He can't be something that is damnable. He can't be evil. God cannot be certain things, okay? God is not everything, okay? And this idea that Jesus can be a bad guy and use drugs and that's no problem, that's a lie. I'm not going to defend Catholics whatsoever. They have the doctrines of demons. But I will tell you this, most Catholics that you run across are not okay if you say Jesus was a bad guy and uses drugs, Okay, that's not okay at all. Okay, Jesus is sinless. Okay, when he died that horrible death on a cross, okay, and it makes me think of Philippians 2, 5 through 11, and when he died that horrible death on a cross, the crimes that he committed were placed above his head. Do you know what they were? Absolutely nothing. He was the king of the Jews, okay? The criminals who died next to him had placards with their sin, their crimes over their head, Okay, and the reason for that is because we don't have a Jesus that did that did simply did things in private. Okay, we don't have a Jesus that talked to a salamander in a bucket. We don't have a Jesus that has these special spectacles that only he can see these Egyptian hieroglyphics and write down the Book of Mormon. We don't have a Jesus that wanted to throw himself off the side of a cliff because he thought he was possessed by demons, and yet his wife said, "No, no, no, it must be the angel Jibril." as the Muslims have, okay? We have a Jesus that died a public death in the walking way, the path into Jerusalem in front of everybody so that when they walked by, they knew full well, I didn't want to commit those crimes. That's what the crucifixion was for, okay? They could have just killed them. They crucified them to scare people, scared straight, okay, into into lives that would be obedient to the Roman government. And so when they when, when he went to that cross, he did so in public. And what I love is he also rose from the dead publicly. Over 500 different witnesses it mentions in 1 Corinthians 15. Okay, we, we know that Jesus rose from the dead. And it says in the book of Acts chapter 1 that he gave many convincing proofs of his resurrection. We don't have a, we don't have a Jesus that did these things privately. He did these wonderful, I mean, he fed 5,000 people with food that literally fit into a lunchbox, okay? We're talking about the God-man who did these things in public, all right? He's not secreted, and he isn't everything, okay? This isn't pantheism or panentheism, okay? We have to make sure we understand that God is not everything, all right? Jesus wasn't every single race. Jesus was, came as a man, came in time, God became a man and died a horrible death on a cross, okay? And it's something that really bothers me thinking about that. And you think of the cowardice of many of these guys, you know? The the thing is, is that this is disgusting blasphemy. And we have such a good Jesus, man. We we really do. I mean, you have to think about this. And, and, and it's something I think about as, you know, a former atheist agnostic, as somebody who did not believe in the gospel, did not believe in the truths of God's word, um, had subjective moral lines and not objective moral values that God 
gives us, um, that he writes on our heart, that he sends the Holy Spirit out to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, okay, that he's get made us in the image of the logos, the logos, the logic, and given us reasoning so we can understand these things. And even though we're corrupted, he sends out his Holy Spirit and he opens our hearts and minds and he draws all men unto himself, as it says in John chapter 12. Okay, we have a really, really, really good God. And I think about that all the time, about how much he forgave in me, all the wicked things I did. And I'll I'll just be honest with you, when I first came to faith in Christ, one of the most difficult things for me was not understanding that I was a sinner. Okay, when I first came to Christ... One of the most difficult things for me was why would God forgive my wickedness? And I believe that this is kind of the the twofold counterfeit of Satan um, and his minions. You see, because I believe the Holy Spirit, as, as a believer, I believe the Holy Spirit comes to you and convicts you of your sin. And I've probably used this and, and spoken this to a lot of people. Uh, I was just talking about this with a group of men that were at my house and understanding the counterfeit. Because the Bible does mention, um, do not be drunk with wine, which causes dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, multiple times when you see alcohol specifically, you see it's a counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. That's what they thought of the the, the apostles, right? On the day of Pentecost. Uh, that's what they thought of Samuel's mother when she was praying. She must be drunk. She says, I'm not a wicked woman, <laughs> you know? And I believe that it's, that the the spirits, the demonic presence, I believe a lot of those things are counterfeits to the Holy Spirit, okay? And this is what happens. I believe that in our life, God, by his Holy Spirit, will convict us of sin and will tell us, don't do that, don't commit that, and will convict our hearts to not commit that sin, whatever it may be. And I believe that the demons will literally tell you it's no big deal, you know, they'll give you that license of sin, okay? And they'll tell you, it's not a big deal. Just commit it and you'll be fine. And then I believe when you commit that sin, that the, the roles kind of change in a way. That that the Holy Spirit tells you, get back on the horse. You fell. We all stumble in many ways, but get back up. Repent, okay? As Jesus told the church at Sardis, repent, okay? And, and we want to do that. And the enemy tells us, why would God ever forgive you? And I think there's a lot of times where people feel that the difference of conviction of sin and condemnation of sin on this earth, okay? If you're not a believer, you're condemned already, the Bible says in John chapter 3, all right? Um, so you you need to make sure that you repent. But ultimately what I want is I, I want repentance from these guys. I want these guys who made this blasphemous thing um, recognize that we have a holy God, okay? When you look at the Bible, you don't hear... God is love, love, love. He is love. We hear that multiple times. First John 4 says it twice, that God is love. Okay, that's in his nature. All right, that's pre-existing. All right, that's pre-us. God was already love before we ever existed. You guys understand that? Because in the triune Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had perfect unity and love for one another. Okay, so God is love. That's in his very nature. That's what we see from the God. But also, guess what? What the Bible says multiple times. He is holy, holy, holy. He is the thrice holy God. You can't mold him and make him what you want him to be. That's just idolatry. All right? It's literally the breaking of the first two commandments. All right? We have to make sure that we understand that that's wicked, that's sinful, that's heartbreaking. 
And I, re- I really want repentance for these guys. And I want repentance for the Hallmark Channel. And most people have turned on the Hallmark Channel, especially during the holidays, because they have a lot of Christmas love stories. And um, <laughs> ladies, I know you like a good love story. And if for the married guys out there, I'm sure you like sitting next to your wife, uh, watching love stories sometimes. Uh, you know, it says, and speaking of Philippians chapter 2 of of Jesus uh, becoming a man, um, saying that he did not find equality with God, something he grasped onto, but let go of it, you know, um, to become a man, even not just a man, become a servant, and not just a servant, be- die, and not just die, but die on a cross, right? So literally, we should be humble. So laying your life down for your wife and, and watching a, a couple of uh, love flicks, hopefully as long as they're biblical, um, I think uh, plenty of people like to do that. And what's sad is um, the LGBTQ community, man, I have a tough time saying that alphabet. I don't even know anymore. I'm going to give up on it. I'll just do LGBT. And once I add the Q, I get all crazy. But um, but the fact is, guys, when you see this, okay, their fingers like to go out into everything and ruin everything, okay? When you look, guys, at the Old Testament, how did, over and over again, how did Satan come after the, the great men of God in the Old Testament? Over and over again, it was in the sexual variety, Okay, whether incest, right? Whether um, whether it was look at with David's sin with Bathsheba, right? Look at Solomon, thousand women. Okay, look at Samson, right? Over and over and over again, when Satan would attack, he would always do it of the sexual nature. So it's something that we should have our ears open to and our eyes open to and recognize that is why I believe the LGBTQABZDEFG, I believe that these guys are like this is because they're being used. They are being used by the prince of the power of the air, as Ephesians 2.2 says, uh, using the sons of disobedience. And that's exactly what's going on here. All right. And so this is what happened. And this is a, uh, the, by the way, I had to give credit. The last article was from The Hill. This article is from Christian News Network. It said, after initially pulling an advertisement featuring two women kissing at a same-sex wedding, the Hallmark Channel announced on Sunday that it was reinstating the commercial and vowed, quote, to better represent the LGBTQ community across our portfolio of brands. The announcement has ignited a call to boycott Hallmark with a petition advising the channel that it will lose viewers if you cave to the LGBTQ agenda. Quote, the Crown Media team has been agonizing over the decision as we've seen the hurt it has unintentionally caused. Said simply, they believe this was the wrong decision. Crown Media, which owns both the Hallmark Channel and Hallmark Cards, said in a statement, we are an inclusive company and have a track record to prove it. We have LGBTQ greeting cards and feature LGBTQ couples in commercials. The group One Million Moms has recently launched a petition asking Hallmark to reconsider its airing of a Zola wedding planning advertisement that showed two two women locking lips. It also reached out to Crown Media Family Network CEO Bill Abbott, who advised that the statement was an error. Hallmark later told the Associated Press that the commercial was pulled because it posed a distraction to the company's work and that warranted to refrain from causing controversy. Yeah, a distraction's all right. If somebody's sitting there watching your shows and next thing you know, my kid has to see two 
ladies locking lips, I'd have a problem with it. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. In my house, we don't have TV with ads or anything like that. Um, I'm not condemning someone who does or someone that watches the Hallmark Hallmark Channel. Um, You know, if you're a single guy watching the Hallmark Channel, that might be a little weird, but that's for another day. That's for another day. (laughs) But um, it was something, you know, really interesting to, to think about. Um, that this distraction that it's become, yeah, it's a distraction. It's more than a distraction. It's reprobation being thrusted upon us. Okay. This is something that is just so unbelievably common in this day and age that this is just everywhere. It's in the billboards. It's on your ads. Um, by the way, Trump now has, uh, and sells on his official website, a rainbow-colored flag for homosexual, or a rainbow-colored Trump logo for homosexuals to buy, okay? And this this is just the narrative now. This is the idea of not really being socially conservative based on biblical values. Um, and it's sad because this is the way of the West now. This is where we've gone. This is what we've become. You know, we had some controversy on uh, Facebook over the last, you know, week or so since the last episode aired because I called for the, you know, Ill- making pornography illegal. Guys, I don't really think that should be controversial amongst Christians. It really shouldn't be. These ramifications are are dire. This is this is something so serious that you're going to have to deal with with your kids. 11-year-olds. That's the average age to first view pornography. Do you know what that does to a mind? Do you know what that does to children? And oh, you know, we'd hate to fall down the slippery slope. Yeah, slippery slope. Okay? Slippery slope. What how much further can you go down? You have lesbians making out on Hallmark. Okay, you have gay Jesus on your Netflix. Turn on your TV and notice gay after gay after gay. Okay, it's it's just thrusted upon you. Okay, and guys, this pornography, the devastation that it has caused marriages and our society is heartbreaking. And I believe pornography has a direct link to something that just happened at Simi Valley High School. If you guys don't know, if you guys who listen, Simi Valley is the city that we are in, in Blessed Hope Chapel, Good Fight Ministries. That's where we uh, have all of our offices. That's where we have um, our church. That's where most of the brethren here live, in Simi Valley or Moore Park, Thousand Oaks area, pretty close in that region. And for me, this story was one that broke my heart, one, infuriated me, disgusted me, and that is because at the high school that I coached at for the last five years, I was coaching the wrestling team, and alongside that wrestling team, okay, was the other sports programs, and one of the guys that I happened to know over my, he was there before I got there, and after I left, after I stepped down last year, one of those guys was a predator, and I didn't know it. Obviously, the people around him didn't know it. And he was a predator preying on these young children that were coming into Simi Valley High School. Now, a lot of this stuff is alleged, but I've got my inside sources, and basically that's kids that go to the school and have friends that were affected by this. 
Um, and I got text messages before it was in the news, before I could, I couldn't find anything on Twitter. I got text, text messages in the mornings. Did you hear about Bijan? And that's what they called him, Coach Bijan. Coach Bijan coached the freshman football team um, all the years I was there. Um, and then also was the head of the lacrosse team. Okay, and they're in two separate seasons. One's the first season of sport. My wrestling is right in the middle. And then lacrosse was at the very end. And I believe a lot of the reason that we had less freshmen from the football team, which is normal for football players to wrestle, a lot of them went straight to lacrosse because they could stay with their coach. And this guy not only made a fake profile, okay, and this has all been, the the, the cops have come out and, and, and said this at our, they put out a, a thing on Facebook, the local police department warning about what happened, kind of explaining what happened. But basically, Bijan was, is a 32-year-old coach at Simi High. Um, they list him at 5'7". I think he's shorter than that. He's a big guy, about 300 pounds. I would guess probably maybe 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, um, but basically, he was sending out, um, he had a fake profile that he had made and was luring children and getting um, pictures of their privates on on camera or on his uh, whatever document he was keeping it on. And he was a campus supervisor there. So think about this. This is the guy supposed to be watching over your children when they go to school. One of the last pictures he posted on his Twitter page, which I went and looked at after this happened, um, one of the last pictures he posted is a picture of him with probably 30 different young men surrounding him in a picture from a low, uh, recent Christmas party. And Bijan was using a, a fake account, guys, to lure young children by getting their pictures of their privates on there. And then was caught in the act of oral copulation inside of room K-28 which is a room that I had a key to personally when I coached there. That was a key to what was known as the medical room where we would go and get our tape. And we used to have a full-time staffer there when I was there, or at least part-time staffer when I was there that was in there all the time. And she was the medical trainer, and that was fine. But a lacrosse, which he coached, would keep a lot of their stuff there, and he used that desk as his own. But guys, he was luring kids and caught with a 14-year-old boy. Think about this. You guys are sending your kids. And typically, let's be honest, a lot of times you're like, hey, I'm sending my kid. He's playing sports. He's playing football. These are manly sports, right? This is where men go. And this is, you you train, have these guys trained to be young men. As a, as, as a believer who coached there for five years, who coached assistant down the street at the local rival where I graduated, Royal High School, I wanted to bring people up in the Lord. And I praise God that I have multiple guys that sit around me every Sunday at church, Some, many of which were non-believers before, that came to Christ through the ministry that I was able to do at the local high school. But guys, we need to make sure we're looking after our kids and watching after them and seeing what's going on. I just, uh, my son, interesting enough, I was thinking about this for parents because my son said, Daddy, I have a box. It's a Michael Jordan uh, shoe box. And in that shoe box, uh, he got it from his uncle, my, my brother Lance. My brother Lance bought him some Jordans because my son learned how to tie his shoe. And which was really cool. If you guys know anything about Jordans, those are really cool shoes. And my son was really excited about him. So this is his secret box. The only shoe box he's ever kept. And he's like, this is where I keep my secret stuff, Dad. So you're not allowed to go in there. You know, and he's like, well, and I'm like, oh, what are you keeping there? And so he's like, oh, my, I, I have my, you know, it's not much of a secret because he told me everything was in there. But. 
he's like, I have this toy and that toy and that toy and that toy. And so I opened it up in front of him and I, and I looked at it and I said, Eli, I'm just letting you know, you'll never have a secret box at my house. <laughs> I was like, I'm your dad and nothing is going to be secretive. Um, when it comes to what you're having in boxes and stuff, um, you know, what you have in your drawers and things like that. I will always walk up and I will always check on you and I will guard you like a hawk. And it was something that I had was on my heart anyways, because so many people hand their kids cell phones. So many people hand their kids, you know, let their kids on Snapchat. And now it's, uh, what's the, a TikTok. People are dancing around, especially young girls, 14, 13, 14, 15 years old, dancing around, um, you know, in disgusting ways. Um, you know, following their favorite, you know, Katy Perry's and Beyonce's and, um, you know, and Billie Eilish. I don't know how she dances seductively, more satanically than anything, swallowing spiders and whatnot. But guys, this is why you need to watch over your kids like a hawk. Don't think, oh, they're 14. They need their space. No, they don't. They don't need their space. Just think what you were doing when you were 14. Let's be honest with one another. I had a talk with a mom here at the church and she said, oh, I'm so afraid for my son. He's going to be going to see me high next year. Probably. What do I do? He said, and he's, she's like, he said that there were a couple at the local junior high that were making out in public. And I was like, well, that's not that uncommon. I was like, in fact, she's like, well, you you kind of grew up hard. I was like, no, I had parents that loved me and cared for me and tried their best to teach me morals that were out, not scriptural morals as much, but um, a lot of them came from that kind of idea, right? And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. When I had parties at my house in junior high, um, there were, everyone was there. Like there were a lot of people there. And they were doing bad things. You have to watch your kids like a hawk, okay? And if you actually love your kids, you're going to watch over them. God watches over us, guys. I think a lot of the details in the book of Job are very clear on that. That God, He made it clear, no, I am watching, okay? No, I do have to do with these things. If I can handle all the birds and all the beasts and everything in the field, guess what? I can handle your life too. And we need to recognize that and we need to look after our children and we need to check their Snapchat and we need to check their messages and we need to see if there's somebody trying to lure our kid to take advantage of them. And that includes their high school football coach. That includes their lacrosse coach. That includes watching over them because we love them and keeping safeguards. They would not be tainted by this and that we would pray that the Holy Spirit would give us insight when some wicked thing like this was happening and that we watch out for them and that we recognize pornography is being sent to them probably. Go look at it. If they got their cell phone, don't think that they're not unlocking their phones, and that's a big thing, and don't think they aren't smart enough and their friends aren't smart enough to know how to hide it from you, okay? We need to watch. We need to pay attention. We need to care enough. This has been Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News.